Shout Jesus from the mountain. Say Jesus in the street. Jesus in the darkness over, over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus in the street, Jesus in the darkness, over every enemy, sing and sing, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, your name is power, your name is peace, We sing glory to his name. We speak the name of Jesus around this place. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our friend. He's our Redeemer. He paid the price for our spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you took our sickness to the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you took our pain to the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you took our confusion to the cross. Thank you, Lord, 
that no matter what we're facing, whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, you are with us. And if God be for us, no one could be against us. So, Father, we pray in victory tonight. We pray in victory over every attack of the enemy over our life. Father God, quiet the craziness in our heart right now. Bring peace of mind, peace of heart. Lord, there's people battling for their health. Father God, some fighting cancer, some fighting other diseases. We pray healing in the name of Jesus. Father God, some recovering from surgery just today. Father, complete healing and recovery in Jesus' name. Father God, there's people that are broken. Father God, they don't know where to turn, and today they're turning to you. Father God, let them always turn to you as a first resort, not as a last resort. But even if it's their last resort, show them that, Lord, you are God of more than enough, that you can meet their every need. Father God, we pray that, Lord, you empty us of ourselves and fill us anew with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with wisdom and understanding. Fill us with knowledge and fill us, Father God, with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Fill us, Heavenly Father, with the grace of God, the mercy of God. Fill us, Heavenly Father, with healing and restoration. Fill us with reconciliation. Father God, might your name be glorified forevermore. Might we, Father God, humble ourselves before you, cry out to you, and then obey the things that you say. I thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray that you prepare our hearts right now to enter into that holy communion with you. In Christ's glorious name, amen. Quietly be seated in a spirit of worship as we take communion. You should have received communion elements when you came in. And as you prepare to get those and we hold the bread, we remember the words of our Lord when he said, this is my body, which is given for you. He gave thanks to the Father for giving up his life for us. We thank the Lord for his freedom that he has extended to us, for his spirit that he has poured into us, that his guidance that he leads us with. So God, as we hold this bread, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of promise. We thank you for the gift of hope. We thank you that when we are despair, you, Father God, are the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and calms our hearts, minds, and soul in Christ Jesus. So God, be with the downtrodden. Father God, be with the people that are still recovering in Maui. Oh Lord, our hearts cry out for them to find their loved ones' bodies and find some of them still living. Lord, let them reconnect. Father God, for those that are in the path of Hurricane Adelia, Lord, I pray that you put peace over them. Now that it approaches Georgia, be with the people of Florida that experienced that horrible storm, and now be with those over Georgia and the other areas being affected. Father God, protect them. Let there not be any loss of life. Lord, we just pray, Father God, for our city, that Lord God, the city of Albuquerque, the county of Bernalillo, and the state of New Mexico be completely transformed by the power of the living God and that the violence come to an end, that the body of Christ be a united body for a divided world and that, Lord, we can win them by our testimony. So, Lord, we hold this bread in promise. 
we hold this bread saying this is the body of Christ who takes away the sins of the world and transforms life. We eat it in remembrance of you. Amen. We hold this cup and we give thanks like the Lord did for it represents the blood of Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And Lord, you shed every single drop to buy the soul of every single human being. And all we have to do is cry out to you and believe in you. Lord, we hold this cup as a cup of promise. We hold this cup as a covenant that you made with us that you're going to come back. And we are believing that you're going to come back. And Lord, the way it's looking, it looks like you're coming back soon. So Lord, let us get our life right. Father God, might everyone here today be found as a Christian, washed by the blood of the Lamb. Father God, this is the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. So Lord, we drink this cup with promise and hope and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, this is the blood of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet and worship him? Give him thanks and praise. Celebrate his goodness. Lord, Lord, we're here. You're here. We're here together with you. So, Lord, I pray and I speak Jesus over us tonight, Lord, that we would open up our hearts, Lord, to your word and to your direction tonight, Lord. Thank you for the gift of being together with our brothers and our sisters, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're here with you, Lord, and feel your mighty, mighty, mighty presence. Thank you for the gift of comfort that you give, Lord, every time we seek you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Give him glory tonight, church. Yeah.
Give him glory. He deserves all the glory. Church, why don't we turn to our neighbor real quick and just say, hey, I'm glad you made it tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. And we want to talk to you about signing up for children's ministry. Oh, yeah. If you want to be the smartest, coolest, tallest person in the room, work in children's ministry. I don't think that's the reason why you would work in children's ministry. That's a little selfish. Really? You got you got a better reason? I do, actually. If you want to work in children's ministry, here's what you get. You always get free snacks, and once a month, your face will be covered with glitter. That's true. I'm yeah. signing up today. Yeah. That's why I'm going to work in children's ministry. And you know, Jesus said, hey, suffer the little children that come unto me. What better way to get involved and help usher them into the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, I'm signing up for the snacks, though. Yeah, they are pretty good. Snacks. It really is a perk, all those snacks that you have to down before the expiration date. Oh, darn. I mean, we just want to be good stewards, amen? We don't want to throw away snacks, family, right? Church, we want to welcome you into the house of God. Uh, My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church, and it is my joy and my privilege, my honor to be with you here tonight, as it is every time we get together. Uh, Why don't we welcome those uh, watching from home and from afar, church, and why don't you just welcome them and the way we can right now. Welcome in. Church, I want to introduce you to a couple of awesome, awesome people that are a part of our life, a part of actually your life that you may not even know who they are. Why don't you welcome with me uh, Sister Tammy Hernandez and Mariano Padilla. Why don't you welcome them to the stage? You guys heard from Tommy and the other cat over here talking about snacks and stuff, but I want you to hear from these two cool cats. Um, Tammy, uh, Tammy and Mariano are part, a vital part, as are every one of our volunteers that serve here at New Beginnings. Uh, Tammy's been with NB Kids now for, gosh, probably about 14 years. Uh, you guys know Kristen up here, my daughter. She was one of her, part of your first class, right, when you first came in. So um, she, she taught a lot to Kristen, which explains a lot. Thanks. Right, she's pretty feisty. I don't know what's going on there, right? So you, you instilled something in her, Tammy. Tammy's the quiet one, but the quiet ones, man. Uh, and, then, and then this is Mariano, and he's your check-in guy there at NB Kids, along with a couple other folks. But I wanted to talk to you about getting involved in children's ministry. And children's ministry here at New Beginnings, NB Kids is what we call it, uh, is one of those ministries where we are in a um, desperate need of volunteers. And I'll tell you exactly how bad it is. Mariano's been with us now for about two years um, in our ministry serving in NB Kids, and he's still the new guy. No? Is that not registering with anybody else? Is it just me? Okay, the new guy. Okay, he's like number, like whatever on it. He's like over here. At two years, you'd figure, but uh, we need the help. And I wanted to talk to Tammy. Tell us a little bit about how 
the Lord called you to ministry and kind of maybe some challenges or that you had to maybe face and overcome to think, hey, no, I can overcome that challenge to get involved in Envy Kids. Tell us a little bit about that. So when I first started um, coming to this church, I came with, he was my boyfriend and then my fiance. Then we eventually got married and I could feel a calling to be helping in children's church. It's a little bit hard at first when you don't know a lot of people, but I can say for sure that some of my best friends are in this church right now. And that's because I work with them all the time. Yeah, totally Mike. Um, But not only does volunteering give me like a sense of belonging within the church, it gives me a purpose. So there were a few years ago, I am a teacher uh, at the time I taught middle school. As you can imagine, that's a pretty tough job. And I just was feeling really overwhelmed. And I was thinking I have to cut something out of my schedule. This is too much. It's overwhelming. And I was praying about it and thinking, well, what can I cut out? And I thought, well, I should step down from volunteering. And the more I thought about it, the more I knew that that wasn't the right choice. Because every time I'm here, it brings me joy. I love working with all the kids in there, even on rough nights or when the kids are having a bad day. I know that I'm where God wants me to be, helping those kids. So in essence, they minister to you just as much as you teach and minister to them. Yes. What an equal trade. Imagine that. How awesome. Mariano, talk to us a little bit about your 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 road and how it, how you became a, a volunteer at NB Kids because you've been you've been here for a while now and since you started in our youth group and then started volunteering, grew up into a yes. youth leader, and so tell us a little bit about that. So I started back in 2017 um, within our youth ministry. Got older, of course, then I became a youth leader transition to this church to this location and but where it actually started for me was not last camp but the previous camp was 2021's camp is whenever the calling actually came towards me pastor mike right here this man i don't know why he likes to torture me about this but hey, i call it challenge a little bit a little challenge and i said hey you're you're going to be one of our junior counselors. And he's like, no, I want to be a senior counselor. One of the older kids. And I go, no, I think you, you're gifted in the little guys. And that's and how it all started. That's how it all started and <laughs> fell in love after that. And then that's whenever I went over and I was like, Jessica, let's, let's get this show on the road. I would like awesome. to see where I fit in on this side. That's awesome, right? And that's... And so we look at people like Tammy and... And say, man, our life is overwhelmed. And, you know, when, when we were talking with the worship team here a couple of weeks ago, Roxy said something that kind of really impacted him. She goes, you know what? If it's important enough to you, you'll make time for it. Right? You'll make time for it. If it's something that brings life to you, it's a part that you need in your life. And that's the kind of the case that we see for Tammy. And then we see something like Mariano, completely a different story, but they're doing the exact same thing. They're serving their congregation they're serving our young people, right? It is a joy. It truly is when you walk in there and you see them do the Lord's work with the kids. It's just amazing. You guys are in here and your kids are in there and you trust them. And Church, uh, or rather Tammy, tell us a little bit about 
some of the roles that need to be fulfilled uh, in NB Kids? Because I know there's, I know we need a lot of volunteers in there, but what do we need? Tell us, educate us there. So thanks to some volunteers who've called this week, we've covered a few things that we need help with, Amen. but we definitely still need help with being a teacher, uh, like a teacher's aide or sitting with some of the kids who need a little bit extra attention. So you wouldn't necessarily be leading a lesson. You might just be sitting with kids and helping that teacher to make sure that the kids are in a calm spirit so that they can receive that lesson. And then some kids need like a one-on-one adult with them because they have some challenges that they just need that extra support. So we need people for that role as well. So if the Lord is calling you, church, and you hear what uh, Sister Tammy, who's one of our pillars in NBK, is being there for so long now, and you're hearing that and saying, hey, maybe the Lord is calling you and saying, man, I, I really, I think I have that gift. Or maybe like Mariano, maybe I want to explore the gift. Maybe you want to be challenged, as I, I know how to do, right? We, we can challenge you. Hey, church, uh, there's a QR code behind me. Thank you, Tammy Mariano, so much. Can Thank you so much. I know they're, they're needing to get back to their classes, so I don't want to keep them here too long. But there's a QR code that's behind me that you can scan, and you can choose the ministry that you would like to participate in, volunteer in. Tonight we're talking about NB Kids, but there are so many other ministries that we need help in. And you'll, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, you'll be, you're going to be meeting more people that serve in those ministries and those capacities to just kind of hear from their heart and how they got started because a lot of us have the questions, how do we even get started? How do I even know how to get involved? How do I know that the Lord is calling me there? Well, you'll never know until you know. And uh, that's only one way to find out is start getting involved and scanning that QR code is the first step because I get that email right away. And as soon as I get that email, I reach out to you and I connect you with, with the department heads and I connect you with our executive pastor to find out, hey, okay, cool. And, that's how you'll know. But you won't find out until you scan that QR code and, uh, and fill out that volunteer interest card because we really, really need your help. The city, this community needs your help. Amen? So we thank you, church, for taking the time to listen. Church, while you're in that app scanning that QR code, um, on the bottom right-hand corner is that little heart. And it's the impact that you and I are making that we all have a part in playing it because sometimes... We understand if you, can't, if you can't volunteer at all, we get it. But your obedience in the tithe and in the giving of this community and this church does not go unnoticed. That's how you and I are making a difference in this community outside of the four walls of New Beginnings. That's what we're doing, like giving back to the community. 12,000 plus pounds of food that we give out once a month to this hurting community, this city, to this state really. Even outside of the boundaries of this state, we have people that come from Arizona to pick up food. That's what you and I are doing. So we thank you, church. Stay connected to the app to find out all about our events. Uh, and thank you so very much for your obedience and the tithe. I love you, church. Hope you get involved. Pastor Richard, I turn it over to you. Let's welcome Pastor Richard to the floor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, ladies, this Saturday is uh, sisterhood. Just to let you know, at 10 o'clock, it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, uh, let's pray for Pastor Chuck and his wife, Rhonda. Uh, they took a much-needed break. 
uh, after the giving back to the community, and they just got back in town, and he found out that he has COVID, and he's never had COVID in the midst of everything that he's gone through, all the people that come in the doors of God's warehouse, and he has it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, keep your healing hand on Pastor Chuck and Rhonda, and Lord, anyone else there at uh, God's warehouse. Keep them safe from any COVID and let Pastor Chuck and Rhonda go through it without any kind of difficulties or challenges health-wise. We pray in Christ's name, amen. amen. And what a joy to be able to have you here. Um, I'm starting a new series tonight, and I'm calling it In Time of Pain. There's a lot of pain in this world. There's a lot of hurting people in this world. We see it every place we turn. We don't have to look outside of our city to see pain. We see pain in here right now. Some of us hide our pain behind a mask, and we wear masks, and that's why I'm always telling people, we're trying to be a church that doesn't wear masks anymore. And I don't mean COVID masks. I mean the fake mask where people go, how you doing? I'm blessed by the best. I'm, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And they're twitching and all messed up and, and they're hurting. And look, I'm not saying you have to go around saying I'm a mess, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying pray for me because I'm really hurting. Pray for me. I'm really feeling and experiencing some challenges. Pray for me because you know what? It's been overwhelming. And you know what? Life has a way of experiencing and dishing out a lot of pain. Look, one universal language is love. You don't even have to know a person's language, but if you show love, they recognize love. But another universal language is pain. You could know pain. I know pain. You know pain. Look, I don't have to go through the kind of pain you're going through to know it's painful. I don't have to hit myself with a hammer to know it hurts. I don't have to become a drug addict to know it's painful. I don't have to become an alcoholic to know it's painful. I don't have to go through a divorce to know it's painful. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to to know it's painful. And in life, pain will either make you bitter or better. And I'm telling you today, I want to help you to grow better, not bitter. Because growing better, you come out of it stronger than what you've ever been. You come out of a trial, and you rise up beauty from ashes. You're holding your head up, and you're saying, glory to God, I made it. And I want to help you get there. Because I know I've gone through a lot of crazy stuff in life. I've gone through painful things in life, from childhood all the way to adulthood. And I'm telling you, God has seen me through and I've trusted him through. Even when I didn't see his hand, I knew it was there. And that's what I want us to get to that point. In the book of Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5, this is what it says. Let all that I am praise the Lord. For my whole heart, with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Now look what he says. I'm going to praise him, but let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done. The good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, and he crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. 
Those are just a handful of things he's done. So we have reason to praise. We have reason to say thankgiving. We have reason to say, I'm going to grow better and not bitter because he is with me. So Father, help us grab it tonight. Help us grasp it. Help us see it. Help us understand it. I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. And if we're really going to get better and not bitter, one of the first things we have to understand is that we grow better when we use our pain to draw closer to God. Pain is either going to draw you closer to God or push you further away. But it's up to you because the pain doesn't push us away. We pull away. We say we get mad at God. Sometimes when people are going through a difficult time and a painful time, whether it be emotional, psychological, physical, health-wise, whatever, people sometimes get real mad at God. And they go, oh, thanks a lot, God. Look what God has done. Why should I go to church? Why should I pray to him? Look what happened. Look what happened to me. Look what happened to me as a child. Look what happened to me as a teenager. Look what happened to him as a, as a young woman. I barely got married, and I ended up divorced because of this idiot that I married. She was an idiot. He was an idiot. And they're just on and on. And there's pain. And some people get so bitter with God that they pull away from God. And instead of getting closer to God, they, they pull away. But our pain should draw us to God. It ought to be able to, we ought to be able to say, God, help me. God, strengthen me. God, I'm crying out to you. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm broken. God, I'm empty. God, I need you right now. I'm falling apart, and I don't even understand why it's happening. Sometimes it's because of our wrongdoing, and sometimes it's because of someone else's wrongdoing. Sometimes we don't even put chains on ourselves. Sometimes we do. We make bad decisions and we put chains on us. And sometimes people's bad decisions put chains on us. We had nothing to do with it. You're driving down the road and the drunk driver comes and hits you. It's his chains put chains on you. And sometimes you're just born into the chain. You're just born with some kind of defect. You're born into some kind of situation that you have no control over. And you're either going to get bitter or you're going to get better. You're going to be able to grow closer to God or you're going to be able to get further away from God. In the book of Psalms 94, verse 18 and 19, it says, Oh, I cried out. I was slipping. But your unfailing love, oh, Lord, it supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Man, that's God. When you last expect it, boom, there he is. When you feel like you're empty, boom, he fills you up. When you feel like you're abandoned, boom, you bump right into him. That's why I'm always praying for people and saying, God, might they bump into you every day. Might they bump into you all day long? Might they see your handprint? Even though they can't see your hand, they know you're there. They know you've been there, and they know you're not going to leave them because our God is there. So draw closer to him. That's why in the book of James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, humble yourselves. Humble means that now you're crying out and saying, I need help. You're saying, I can't do this on my own. You're saying, I need someone to step in. You're saying, you know what? I created a mess, and you're the only one that can make it right. Remember Humpty Dumpty? He fell off the wall, and he broke into a million pieces. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. Sometimes you run to people, and they can't put you together again. But let me tell you something. The king's men might not be able to do that, but the king can. He can put you back together in every piece and even make you stronger than you ever were. 
You'll come back usable. You'll come back in a way that grows. But you have to humble yourself and admit, you know what, God, I need your help. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some of you are being tormented by your wrong decisions that you keep making and you kept saying, I don't need help, I don't need help, I don't need help. Not only do you need help, your friends are saying you need help. Your friends are saying, dude, do you know how messed up you are? Say, we're messed up, but you're even worse, dude. You need some help. Haven't you ever been that guy? I was that guy. People would tell me, dude, you're messed up, dude. You need some help. And they were all messed up. But I go, man, if my messed up friends are telling me I need help, I must really be messed up. Come on, come on. Haven't some of your messed up friends told you that before? You know what I'm talking about. He says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come close to God and God will draw close to you. And he says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world He's saying, I want you to come into my presence. I want you to give up all these things you're holding on to. I want you to purify your heart. I want you to wash your hands. In other words, get rid of those things that you keep holding on to. Get rid of those things that are tainting you and still smudged, and you have the smudge of the world on you. Empty yourself out before God and say, God, I want this pain. Draw me closer, not push me away. I'm not going to turn from God. I'm going to turn to God. Because God's waiting. Amen? He says, come unto me, all you who are exhausted, all you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. 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 And the second thing, if we're going to get better, we grow better when we allow the pain to become an agent of change in our life. Look, you're either going to get bitter or better, but you know what? You could really be an agent of change. You could really be that person that is making a difference. You could really be that person that God's going to use to bring change in people's life. Your pain can literally be a catastrophe, complete disaster, or it could be a catalyst for people coming together. Right now, last night, my, my son and my granddaughter live in Florida now. And then we heard that there was a hurricane. So my wife is one of those, men. she's tracking it, the latitude, longitude. She's looking it up, and she's going, oh, my gosh, Richard, it's going straight for Ricky's house. I go, babe, it's going to be all right. She goes, no, it's going straight for his house, and he lives right off the beach. So I look it up, and sure enough, it's going right towards his house. I go, son, you might want to even leave town. He goes, no, we're going to be okay. I go, ah, que muchacho terco, stubborn kid. He's just like his father. I know his father real well. So they wrote it out, but we were pray, 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 pray. And it, it was a, 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 what do they call it, stage four, whatever, I don't know what they call it. But they call it category four, your hurricane. And it's the first time in the history of Florida that a Category 4 hurricane was going to hit the West Coast, which is the Gulf of Mexico side, not the Atlantic Ocean side. And I said, son, just put your trust in God. We're praying, praying, praying for you and Gabriana. Man, at the last minute, the hurricane took a hard left. It went north, and it missed every place where they were. They just got a lot of wind and rain, but man... 
He said, Dad, we missed it. I go, praise the Lord. See, a catastrophe could have really embittered people all around him. I said, son, use this as a testimony for the people there because there's some hurting people. There's going to be some old people that you live by because a lot of old people live in Florida. I go, reach out to them, help them, encourage them. And you have this amazing little daughter that she's so sweet and so gentle and wins the heart of people. Help her to help encourage the people around you because you could turn this into a catalyst of change. You see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says this, we all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is merciful Father and the source of all comfort, the source of all comfort. And it says, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when, we, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You see, God wants to make us agents of comfort, agents of change, and our pain, we could do that. See, I always tell people, don't say I know exactly what you're going through because you don't know what they're going through. You might have had similar situation. Maybe they had a family member die. I know exactly what you're going through. No, you don't, because everyone handles grief different. But you can say, you know what? I do know what I felt when I lost my father. I know what I felt when I lost my husband or wife or son or daughter, brother, sister, whatever. I know what I felt like when they murdered someone. I know what I felt like when we got in a car wreck. I know what I felt like when I was told I had cancer. I know what I felt like. I know what I felt like. You could tell them out of your pain how you might help them through their pain. But don't say, I know exactly what you're feeling. You don't know exactly what they're feeling. You might be able to relate, so relate to their pain. So some things you ought to ask when you want to minister to someone that's going through pain and you're going to minister out of your pain, you need to ask yourself, should this pain, uh, how should this change my perspective? Well, it should change your perspective, understanding that, man, I remember when I was in that kind of pain, I didn't want to listen to anyone. I didn't want to even talk to God. I was kind of bugged with God. Sometimes I tell people, Sometimes people are mad at God. I'm not mad at God. I'm like, wow, you seem like you're mad at somebody. I go, you want to pray? I don't want to pray right now. I'm not in the mood for praying. It's probably because you're mad at God. I'm not mad at God. It's like, not like if he doesn't know. It's like God, God's okay. He's a big guy. He can handle our anger. Amen? Has your kid ever been mad at you? Have you ever told your kid, I'm sorry you can't have that toy. I'm sorry you can't have that candy. I hate you. I'm sorry, you got to come home at midnight. Oh, that's not fair. I hate you. And then five minutes, I don't hate you, Mom. I don't hate you, Dad. I love you. God handles our anger, and he helps us process it, and he helps us get through it. You see, he wants to use our pain so that we could help others change their life the way he's changed ours. Another question you should ask is, how should this change my behavior? I should change because of this. It should make me better and not bitter. It should really transform me into a positive way. Another question, how should this change my priorities? Man, when someone's hurting, you remember when you were hurting? No one had time for you? And you felt like you didn't matter, you didn't care? Of course you did. But life is busy and sometimes people 
can't get there. But it changes our perspective to say, man, I need to be there for him. I'll be there as much as I can. I know my life's busy, your life's busy, everyone's busy, but I'll give you whatever time I possibly can. And then do that. Really pour yourself out to them. Minister to them. Let them know you're going to be there. You're going to help them through it. You're going to encourage them. You're going to build them up and not tear them down. And another thing we need to understand is that we grow better when we use our experiences of misery as opportunities for ministry. Look, every one of us have experienced misery at one level or another. Some of you have hurts that no one might understand because they've never gone through, but you might have some hurts that they've never gone through. And you're able to speak into their life and do ministry out of that hurt. And you use that as an opportunity to share. You use that as an opportunity to minister. You're able to say, you know what? I don't know exactly what you're going through, but let me tell you what we went through when that happened in our family. We lost a loved one too. We lost someone to a drunk driver. Some people go, you don't even understand what it's like to be hit by a drunk driver. Well, I don't personally, but I know my son was run over by a drunk driver. It was a hit and run. The guy took off and left my son and his roommate. They were spread all over the highway. And they almost had to cut off the leg of his, of his best friend, his roommate. And, and man, the, the police caught the drunk driver down the road. And you know what? I, I know what that felt like. I know what it felt like to have someone hurt and hit by a drunk driver, and then they flee the scene. I don't know what they're going through, but I know what I went through and how I processed it and how I leaned into God. I didn't turn away from God. I leaned into God, and he carried us through, and he brought us through, and thank God, you know what? We made it, and my son made it, and his friend made it, and he didn't lose his leg. But let me tell you something. It was an emotional time. It was a challenging time. But God helps you in those moments. And there's some people that come at you and they come at you and they attack you and they try to hurt you and they come at you in ways that you can't even believe that someone would be that mean. Haven't you ever met people like that? Some Christians could just be straight out mean. And then they say stuff like this. Well, the truth always hurts. No, it doesn't. The truth always helps. It might hurt for a moment, but it raises you up. I do what's right no matter what. Let me tell you something. Jesus said to speak the truth, but in love. Love. Not beating people down, but picking people up. We're to lift people up. We're to lift them up, not beat them down. The world is good at beating people down. We need to help them get up. We need to help them rise up, oh man of God. And in the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verse 20, this is a story of 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 this man named Joseph. And he was hated by his brothers because he was his daddy's favorite. The dad had 12 children. And man, he had two sons that were his favorite, Joseph and his little brother, Benjamin. And they hated Joseph. And he's the guy that got the coat of many colors. So can you imagine your daddy buys you a real fancy outfit, but none of the other sons. And he would send, he goes, hey, go check, on, go check on your brothers, see if they're working. And he'd come back and tattletale. They're not working, Dad. They're slacking. They're slacking. So they hated him so much that they sold him. They beat him up. They wanted to kill him 
But one of the brothers said, no, let's not kill. We can't kill our brother, man. So they go, let's just throw him in the well. All right. They throw him in the well. Like he didn't die, thank God. All of a sudden, some gypsies are going by. Hey, let's sell him. At least we can make some money off of him. So they pulled him out of the well. They sold him. He ends up in Egypt. And he ends up rising up to be the right hand of the Pharaoh. And all of a sudden, there's a famine in the land, and his brothers are now before him, and they don't recognize him because Joseph looks like an Egyptian. He's got the makeup and all the dress, and so they don't even recognize him. And he goes, man, those are my brothers. And so he finally gets in front of them. He goes, I'm your brother. And they go, no, our brother died. He goes, no, I'm your brother. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, he's the brother, and he's in charge. He's going to have us killed. And he goes, no. And he says this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He goes, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. You brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Let me tell you something. Some people want to hurt you, but I'm telling you, God uses our pain as an opportunity for ministry. He uses our pain as an opportunity for advancement, and we are able to step up and take others with us. We're to grab two people and lift them up. We're not to push people down, but we're to pick them up. I keep saying, man, when the rapture happens, grab two sinners. And as you start going up to heaven, say, accept Jesus or I'll drop you. <laughs> Take them to the end. We're to help them. Use your brokenness to help people, to guide them and lead them and instruct them and build them up to let them know they're loved, to let them know that, that in the midst of their ministry, misery, God's going to bring a testimony. He's, he's, you guys, some of you are working on a testimony right now. And you're like, oh, God, please let the testimony come quick because I don't want to go through anymore. But people are watching you right now. They're watching you. They don't know all the details, but they know, dude, you're all messed up. You're not, you're not living like you normally do. Something must be going down. But, man, I still see you praising God in the midst of the storm. I still see you serving God in the midst of the storm. I still see you raising up your hand and praising the name of Jesus. Even in the midst of your pain, you are praising the Lord. You're speaking forth life in the midst of death. You're speaking forth Jesus. Jesus over depression. Jesus over misery. Jesus over the dead. Jesus over all those things. That's a powerful song we just sang. We speak Jesus. And that's why I said we speak Jesus around here. I'll never forget one time this guy came up to me and he goes, uh, I understand you're the pastor. And I go, yes, I am. Good to meet you. My name is Richard. And they told me their name. I said, good to meet you. And he goes, well, I'm an atheist. And I go, well, good to meet you, Mr. Atheist. That's what I did. I literally told him that. And I go, I'm a born-again Christian. And I go, and just to give you a heads up, you're going to hear a lot about Jesus around here. So I hope you'll really come to feel real at home and really enjoy it. And he goes, we'll see. And I was like, wow, man, there's a challenge. It's like, orale, there's a line. I'm an atheist. I don't believe your way, and I'm there. That's okay, because my God loves you anyway. 
So then I just kept loving on them. How you doing? God bless you. How's everything? Good to have you here. I'm glad you came back. I'm glad you're, you, you seem to be enjoying it. We, we used to, like when they say, go and say hi to people, I'd go over and I'd go, hey, for an atheist, you look like you're having a good time. I would tell him, I would say that to him. I really would. He'd go, man, he goes, dude, I'm actually enjoying it. And then one day he told me, I don't know if I'm an atheist anymore. I go, what are you? He goes, I think I'm agnostic. An agnostic, if you don't know what an agnostic is, it's someone that believes there's a God. But they believe God created the world and then pulled out and said, okay, have at it, guys. I'm out of here. So they believe that there is a God, but he doesn't have anything to do with our life. And then he finally came up to me and he goes, look, dude, let me tell you something. I've been watching you. And he goes, I've even seen you out in the street a few times. And he goes, I really believe you believe in what you believe. And I go, I do. He goes, no, I really do. I believe you really believe in your God. And I really believe you believe what you believe. And I'm starting to believe in you. So now I'm starting believing your God. I don't totally believe like you do, but I'm believing in your God. And then next thing you know, he calls me up one night and he goes, hey, pastor, you guys are having baptisms tomorrow, aren't you? I go, yeah. He goes, pastor, can I get baptized tomorrow? And I'm there. If you're a Christian, he goes, I accepted the Lord. I'm like, hallelujah. Hear me. It wasn't because of me, but it's because I, I try to be transparent about my life, the challenges I've had, the struggles I have faced, the things I've gone up against. I try to be honest and say, sometimes I face doubt. Sometimes I face temptation. Sometimes I face struggle. But let me tell you something. My God has never let me down, and I keep holding on even when I don't know how to trust him. I say, God, guide me through this. Use my experience of misery for opportunities of ministry. And I'm telling you, I've gone through some painful stuff in life. But you know what? It seems like those are the things God always sticks right in my face. I'm like, really, God? You constantly bring the winos, dinos, and dingbats to me. And he goes, exactly, leader of the wino, dinos, and dingbats. I'm like, okay, guilty as charged. God will bring the people that you're going through that challenge, he'll bring those kind of people in front of you. And he says, tell them your story. And you go, really? I don't want to have to tell my story. He goes, you don't have to, but you know what? If you tell them your story they're going to end up being transformed because you were transformed and not because you're doing it, but because I'm doing it through you. So use that moment in your life to get better, not bitter, by the experiences of your misery. Use them as opportunities for ministry. And then another thing that'll help you get better is grow better. We grow better when we choose to live as people of hope in time of our pain. Some people just give up. Ah, forget it. Ah, I'm going through hard times. Ah, and they, they just, you know what? I know what to be painful. I've gone through pain. I know what it's like to almost get a divorce. I know what it's like to go through pain in life. 
I know what it's like to have hardship. I know what it's like to have family members almost die and some die. I know what it's like to have family members murdered. I know what it's like to have family members that have gone through hardship. I know what it's like personally to have gone through health issues, had cancer scares where I battled cancer for 10 years. I had melanoma and I had basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma, which is the three levels of, of skin cancer. And I had the kind that could kill you. And I know what it did to me and how it messed me up and, and how on the medication I got real heavy and all the things that I went through and all the things I've gone through. I understand what it's like to have difficulties in life. And I try to be transparent because I know that if God can bring me through it, he could bring you through it. That we have a God of hope and we need to preach hope We need to preach promise. We need to preach goodness. We need to say, in the name of Jesus, I can get through this. I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I said, you know what? There's a singer that was real big back in the 80s. His name is Ron Cannoli. This guy, I love his music. I don't think he's singing anymore. Maybe he is. All I know is he did a song way back in the mid-80s. And it was called, it just went like this. If you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. If you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. That's all it was. But man, it was like, for me, it was like, yeah, baby, I'm going to keep going. I might be going through hell on earth, but I'm telling you, if I keep marching forward, if God be for me, nothing's going to be against me, and I'm going to get through this pain. I'm going to get through this storm because I have hope in the midst of my pain. I have promise in the midst of my pain. I have Jesus in the midst of my pain. We just finished singing, speak Jesus over your depression, Jesus over your anxiety, Jesus over your sickness, Jesus over your brokenness, Jesus over your family, Jesus over your home, Jesus, 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 hallelujah to the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, he says, be thankful. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. His will is that we know that he is with us, so I'm going to give God thanks. I'm not thanking God for the problem. I'm thanking God that he's right there with me. I'm thanking God that he's walking me through. I'm thanking God that he's carrying me through. I'm thanking God that even though there might be a fire, sometimes he might put the fire out, and other times he might let me walk right through a fire. You remember what what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said? They go, you know what? Our God is with us. But even if he doesn't come through, but even if, what about the but even ifs in life? I'm going to trust God, but even if it doesn't go how I want, guess what? I'm still going to trust God. 
I'm still going to hold on to him. I'm still going to lean into him. I'm still going to believe in him. I'm still going to receive from him. I'm not going to turn my back because I'm always going to pray. Pray, 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 pray. I'm never going to stop praying. Pray, 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 pray. I'm going to be joyful in the Lord. I'm going to have joy, joy that God is with me. God is for me and nothing could come against me. Nothing can steal this joy. We used to sing a little chorus way back in the day. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And if the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. This is joy, joy unspeakable. It's the Holy Spirit joy. It's the presence of God joy. It's the goodness of God's mercy. It's the presence of his holiness. It's him carrying us in the middle of the storm. I'm joyful, and I never quit praying. Pray, 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 pray. We pray with hope. We pray with promise. We pray with anticipation. We pray saying, God, show me what you want me to do. And even if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to do it. Because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Have you ever noticed God doesn't always make sense? God says, forgive those who hurt you. That doesn't make sense. Isn't it an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Come on, God, let me get him. I got the knife all sharpened up. And he goes, no, 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 put the sword away. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Put the sword away. Vengeance is mine. Let me take care of it. Come here, son. Come here, daughter. Let me hold you. And he says he'll carry you as a shepherd carries his sheep. He'll carry you by close to his heart, where you can hear his heartbeat. You can feel his heartbeat. You start getting in the rhythm with God. And you're like, wow, God, thank you. We're not always thankful for everything, but we could be thankful in everything. So God, thank you. Thank you for how you work. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you for how you're doing it. Oh, that you might accept Christ. If you don't have Jesus and you've never given your life, man, today's your night. If you've never done that, you want to do that, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor? Today's my night. It's my moment to accept Christ. Anyone? Anyone here tonight? And we just want to say then, I pray to God that if you haven't, you have another opportunity to do it. But you know what? For us, that we have Christ, but yet we've pulled away and we've gotten bitter and we've gotten pain in our life and the pain turned into bitterness instead of betterness and we don't know how to handle it and we're kind of bugged with God and we're kind of disappointed with him because we don't think he handled it the way we wanted him to. But God is saying, just trust me. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Trust me. Surrender it over to me. So I don't know what you're going through right now, whether you're online or you're in this room. If you're going through a challenge that is overwhelming for you, I encourage you to come to the altar and say, God, I'm giving it to you because this pain I want to turn into, turn it over to you so I could get better and not bitter. So I could get stronger and not weaker. So I could be more like Jesus and not more like the devil. To be an example to a lost and dying world. So would you stand to your feet and let's sing this song. I speak Jesus 
I speak Jesus over my family, Jesus over my home, Jesus over my depression, Jesus over my brokenness. But if you want prayer, make your way up. We're going to pray with you. We're going to stand with you and believe with you and believe that God is going to come for you, minister to you in the midst of your storm. Just trust in the Lord. Cry out to God. Make your way up. speak the name of Ask someone to come up with you if you want. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every dark addiction starts to break. Oh, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus.
as we pray, we say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing touch. Thank you, Father God, for your promise and hope. Thank you that, Father God, you carry us through the darkest hours and you shine your light so that, Lord, you illuminate our path. Father God, I pray that you restore our mind. Father God, give us peace of mind. Father God, allow us to change our perspective, to see from your eyes and not our own. Father, thank you for the people that are with us because, Father God, you are in them and you are with us. So, Father, we pray empowerment over everyone here tonight and everyone watching online that, Lord, whatever they're facing, you would carry them through. And we pray in the magnificent name of Jesus Christ. And God's people shout out, amen. God bless you, church. We're going to see you this Sunday, 9 or 11 o'clock. God bless you. Jesus, for my family, I speak.